This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Podcorn. Christian, we know life as a podcaster isn't easy. Monetizing your small independent podcast can lead to nothing but heartbreak and frustration. We didn't even know the first place to start and how to approach these companies. But then we found Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Damn it, with Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. And Christian, I love their mission statement. To give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn, connecting unique voices to unique brands. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 134th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch, queuing bitchin' rockabilly track, priming engines. Now booking reservations at Airbnb. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. So I've got good news and I got bad news, Damon. All right, man. Well, give me the good news first. Well, good news is I finally bought a house. Hey, congratulations. Yes, I've been talking about it all the time. You know, um, right now you can probably see a bunch of shitty boxes behind me. Not the audience, of course. Yes. But <laughs> yes, this week we are zooming. So if there's any sound issues, we're going to blame Zoom. Okay. Yes. Last week it was because of <laughs> Skype. <laughs> but yeah, no, this week it's Zoom. We're trying something different. So we apologize up front. Mm. Uh, but yes. There is a lot of shit around Christian right now. I can verify yes. this. <laughs> but moving on to the bad news is that I have to tear down the the man cave that I had like spent the last year and a half trying to build. That's right. You've been <laughs> like working on that for a while. You're like man cave slash studio. Like what? So this kind of came out of nowhere then. I'm assuming this move. Yeah, yeah. We finally decided. You know, it's, it was just time. You know, we were gonna wait a couple years, and it just you know, ended up being like just let's just go now yeah <laughs> there's never a right time so mm-hmm. i mean you gotta do you so um like have you already been like you know mapping out your next like studio yes um you know i already i was i had to test out sound stuff and stuff like that but overall you know i'm already planning out where the next you know where i'm gonna put my comics where i'm gonna put my my anime figures the works you know um I, i've got tons to display and i'm i'm hoping to show them off finally Nice, nice. Are you going to go shelves? Are you going to go detoffs? Where are you going? Um, hanging shelves. So, I like, right now I have, like, these pipe shelves. I was going for this very kind of seedy, underground janitor look. <laughs> <laughs> well, that fits. Uh-huh. <laughs> you are definitely seedy. <laughs> it's it's all it's all going to be very dark and neon at the same time. We're going to put okay. a lot of neon lights and stuff like that. You and the cyberpunk shit, man. I, I swear know. to God, <laughs> I have an obsession. Yeah, actually, I I did have kind of a crazy idea at one point with this office. You know, I I have two windows in this office, 
Mm-hmm. And I was looking up ways to make it seem like it was perpetually raining on my office windows. You are a dreary <laughs> son of a bitch. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, it's, that's what that's what cyberpunk's very like. It's very noir, so it has like rain constantly, and I don't know. <laughs> you just didn't get hugged enough as a kid. Like there's something. <laughs> there's something wrong here, Christian. <laughs> I want it to look like it's always raining outside my window because that's what's it's doing in my heart. Apparently, that'd be very hard and very expensive. <laughs> yeah. And weird. Yes. You know, like walking Blade Runner. Um, so, but let me tell you, with some of your statues and stuff like that, I do recommend hmm. getting Detoffs. It might not go along with your aesthetics, but they're, they really protect your shit. They look fucking awesome. I mean, it's just a great way to display you know, mm. you know, all your merch and stuff. So I would I would definitely look into Detoss if you have room for them. Gotcha. I'll definitely have to have to investigate. And like for any collectors, Detoss are super cheap. Like they're 60 bucks at Ikea, you know, and they look fantastic. You can fuck with you can put in lights and stuff. So you can really like get like that almost like museum quality, mm. like display going. I just bought like three of them myself. So and I had two prior. But I mean, it really like brings like the best out of your collection. My my girlfriend has a massive like pops collection. Mm-hmm. And I was really trying to think of a way to like display those and maybe have lights go through them. Are you a pops fan? I'm not huge into pops, but there are a few that I really get into sometimes. So like, I didn't think I was a pops guy, but apparently I am because, you know, <laughs> I got these detoffs because we had a flood recently and so I've been like reorganizing and setting up like my basement, which is like my man cave. Mm-hmm. So I was really like, you know, trying to like keep them at arm's length. I collect enough stuff and I didn't need another obsession. I bought two pops. Right. And that's mm-hmm. all I had for years. But then like, <laughs> I don't know how this fucking happened. I mean, they must be like gremlins because I'm reorganizing shit. And I realize I have like 60 pops now and I wow. have no <laughs> idea where any of them came from. It just kind of <laughs> happened over the last like five, six years. I was like, how did I become a pops guy? Like I had no clue. I had that many. I started to count. I was like, oh, my God, I like need another separate case for these fucking pops. <laughs> I mean, they're so cheap and, you know, they do such a great job with them. Um, and they literally have every license, so it's hard not to. But like, I, mm. at first, I was just collecting Star Wars, and then I was like, "Oh, I really like the horror ones. I'm going to do the horror ones," you know. And it just grew from there, you know. <laughs> so I guess I'm a pops guy. But anyway, no, it's it's an addiction. We have almost like half of a wall of pops. I remember you know, when it's... they first started, and I was like, "Oh, this will last a year or two. This is just a fad." <laughs> And now literally every store you go into, mm. like, there's, like, a wall of pops. You know, wherever they have, like, toys or collectibles, there's usually a huge wall of pops. And there's usually four or five people standing in front of that wall trying to find whatever pop they're missing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's crazy. Mm. Now, I just totally jinxed them, and they'll be totally out of, like, you know, fashion next you know, <laughs> next year. Yeah, another thing, too, like, those things go up in price, man. I had a couple that got vaulted. And I had no idea, and I eBay also. I ended up mm. making a fucking like a nice dollar, like on those pops. I got a Skeletor one that ended. I ended up selling it for like seventy bucks. It's ridiculous, you know. 
How long so, does it usually take till they become vaulted? I have no idea. Half the time, <laughs> I just, like, run across it. There seems to be no rhyme or reason for it. Like, you know, I have some, like, pops that are still in circulation that I bought, like, you know, four or five years ago. But then some pops that were, like, hard to find, I feel like those get vaulted, like, you know, sooner than later. And, you know, those, the prices just skyrocket. So they're super displayable, too. So I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. Um, you know, you and it's easy to keep them in the package. You know, you still get a really nice display out of them. So I don't know, man. I guess I'm a pops guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yay, home ownership. That's awesome, man. I know. I, I'm, I'm an adult now, Damon. Well, OK, pump the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> There's a few more boxes you need to check first, Christian. All right, we fine. won't get into it here, but <laughs> that's for a different podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of this podcast, we got plenty of news to get into. All right, man. But before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. This week, we got another five-star review from JCubKC. Very funny and entertaining podcast if you love movies, TV, or video games. The hosts of the show are comedic yet insightful and thoughtful and help make my landscaping job a lot more enjoyable. My cat also finds the voices soothing. His name is Future Trunks. That's a Dragon Ball Z reference, Christian? Yes, yes. You gotta help me out there. (laughs) All right, thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. We appreciate the review. Yeah, keep those five star reviews coming in. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in Nerdum. We're not mild mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. Welcome to our Comic Con at Home coverage. So yeah, about that. Comic-Con happened and no one showed up? Is that fair to say? (laughs) We have nothing. Like, literally nothing. Saturday, I forgot Comic-Con was even going on. I mean, Mm. this thing was a mess. Like, like, there was some panels and stuff like that, but there's hardly any, like, it actually felt like a slow news, like, weekend. Like, there was, like, hardly anything coming out of it. So we've got, like, a random story here and there. And, like, some of the stories, I'm not even sure it was from Comic-Con or if it was from other, like, cons. I know on the toy exactly. front, like, I'm an avid toy collector. Uh, but, like, you know that if you listen to Instagram. But if you listen to Instagram, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm an avid toy collector. If you follow us on Instagram, you know that. But, like, the toy panels and everything like that, shit was, like, there was no schedule. People were just announcing things. It was a fucking mess. So it was rather disappointing. You know, and they've had time to plan for this. I mean, we've seen tons of cons online at home at this point. Yeah. Like, There's been at least like five different gaming shows, you know, tons of different events going across all of pop culture yeah, this, at home. <laughs> this was this was just I felt like it was just poorly put together and organized. Mm-hmm. I think it was definitely affected by like some of the bigger studios opting out um you know marvel wasn't there dc wasn't there i mean there there was hardly anyone there so i think that was the main issue i mean last year you remember it was huge marvel like did that big hall h you know um premiere of their new their phase four and everything and we got the announcement of blade and you know other movies 
you know, and most of the casts were there. <laughs> it was a mm-hmm. big weekend, but not so much this week. And Mark, not so much this year. Um, and I understand, you know, COVID and everything, but just feels like maybe, you know, save it for next year then, you know, instead of like putting out this kind of, you know, I don't know, show like it just it didn't work. I mean, ultimately, I feel like this is going to hurt their shows in the future generally. I mean, like there was rumblings before, you know, even even before there was a pandemic of like, do studios need to come to events like this anymore? Or can they just show it off on their own? Well, Marvel has D23. Um, exactly. And we know DC this year, it, they opted to do their own like con, basically, which I think takes place in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... You're right. I mean, Star Wars has their own, like, convention now. So, I mean, a lot of the bigger, like, names are, you know, not bringing their A-games necessarily to Comic-Con. Because, I mean, I mean, Marvel did have a presence there, but they did save a lot of stuff for D23 last year. Well, in brighter news, the Emmys this year belong to the nerds. Damn straight. We're talking 26 nominations for Watchmen. Clean sweep, it feels. Um, the Mandalorian has 15 nominations, Stranger Things with 8 nominations, and Star Trek Picard earning 5 nominations. Yeah, all deserving. It's glad to see that, you know, shows that we love are getting recognized. Uh, I, I'm not surprised at all by Watchmen, um, hmm. but I wasn't necessarily holding my breath with, like, The Mandalorian and everything. So, but I, I'm glad that it's getting recognized. Uh, same with Stranger Things and Picard. I know Picard's mostly like technical on the technical side, but hell, we'll take it, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, Watchmen and The Mandalorian are t- probably two of my favorite shows of the last five years in general. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm super excited to see how much Watchmen has really, you know, swept over the board of nominations. You know what, though? Patrick Stewart deserves a goddamn trophy. Like, someone should <laughs> give him a trophy for something. Like, it's ridiculous that he hasn't won more awards, right? I'm sure he'll get an achievement award soon. Fuck right? that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you better recognize Patrick Stewart. <laughs> what the fuck? Especially while he's here, because he's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. He probably will get some kind of like lifetime achievement award eventually. So, But that man deserves a trophy. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, hey, it's a great year to be a nerd. We've got some fucking quality content out there finally, so. All right, up next we have Haley Steinfeld joins Hawkeye as Kate Bishop. Now, I don't know this actress whatsoever, but you claim she's fantastic and a perfect fit for this role? I think she's a perfect fit for this character. Uh, she hasn't had too many big pictures in the past. She's been in, like, Pitch Perfect and Edge of Seventeen. Uh, you know, not not, like, massive Marvel scale, but I feel like her character in those definitely shows off that she could play um, Kate Bishop. I definitely, I, and I love Kate Bishop as a character, so I totally picture it. No, I, I love Kate Bishop too. So there's some, there's some big like shoes mm. to fill. Um, but yeah, Luminerdy is reporting that, you know, she is, you know, basically a lock at this point to play the role. We heard this back in, God, was it like September? I believe. Yeah. So there's been kind of like a roller coaster ride here when it comes to her casting. I believe just like a couple weeks ago, they were saying that she was out of the running. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been like confirmed by the studio at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, where there's smoke, there's usually fire, though. So they, there must be in like negotiations at least. 
Well, also speaking of Hawkeye casting, um, Hawkeye reportedly casting key villain um, from his series. All right. So it looks like the character, the clown is coming to the MCU, uh, you know, uh, straight from the fan favorite uh, Hawkeye comic series. I guess the Illuminati got their hands on a casting sheet and it kind of all matches up. Uh, this character is supposed to be in five of the six episodes from the Hawk in the Hawkeye series. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, take it with a grain of salt right now. Once again, <laughs> uh, you know, nothing's confirmed, but it looks like that's going to be like their template. you know, that series for, you know, the actual Disney plus show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, it, it is, it has a cult following, so it makes sense that they would go that route. Uh, we'll see how it translates, you know, into a show. No, I'm, I'm absolutely excited for more Disney plus series in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We do not have a date still on the Hawkeye series, obviously, with everything going on. Yes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, speaking of Disney Plus series, we also have a solo sequel series in the works for Disney Plus. All right, so this is kind of going back and forth. <laughs> now, within like a couple days, we heard that this was possibly in the works. Uh, Ron Howard came out and said, no, nothing's happening. Um, but then... People are kind of like, well, maybe you just don't know about it, Ron. You know, <laughs> maybe they didn't ask for you to come back because <laughs> your movie wasn't that good. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, we heard last week that there was a possibility of a Lando series. I mean, maybe this is one and the same, and people are just getting their wires crossed. I'm not sure. I can't imagine them doing a solo series and a Lando series. That feels like overkill. But I mean, who knows? Uh, the one thing that's pretty much a lock, though, when it comes to either of these series, if they do show up on Disney Plus, is that we are going to probably have a new Darth Maul. Um, unfortunately, over the weekend um, on Instagram, Ray Park's account um, posted some explicit pictures. Um, so it, it seems like Disney is going to be parting ways. Um, you know, you know, allegedly it was from Ray Park. We don't know for sure. People get hacked, but it's not looking good, you know, for Darth Maul at the moment. So we exactly. were, we were um, hoping to get the whole Crimson Dawn storyline going, um, you know, and we still probably will. I'm sure, you know, they'll just recast him very. I feel like it's a very recastable role, you know, Um yeah. I mean, they even used um, Sam Witwer as the voice. You yeah, know, well, he's been the voice on Clone Wars for years. Exactly. So I feel like he can handle it. Maybe not the physicality, you know, at the same level as, you know, Ray Park. But, I mean, that's why you have stunt people, right? Exactly. I mean, I have no idea if um, Sam actually did any of the mocap work for um, The Force Unleashed, which was, he played Starkiller in that game. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, if he if he has that in him, I mean, I would totally be down to see him, you know, pick up the double blades. And nowadays, these actors fucking end up training for six months with some, you know, some yeah. ninja squad. And <laughs> <laughs> they'll figure it out, Christian. Uh-huh. <laughs> no big Go deal. Go to the John Wick training camp. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just not going to be on par with Ray Park, but it is what uh-huh. it is. And I understand Disney wanting to part ways if. You know, that post was real, so... No, exactly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it is what it is, man. All right, well, moving on to DC. New Snyder Cut clip reveals Superman's black suit from Justice League. 
So basically, this is a 10 second clip of, you know, Superman meeting Alfred in the Batcave, something we heard about a while back before the movie even came out. Um, I don't know if it was something that leaked. I know it was kind of teased in the trailer. Um, we thought we were getting a version of the scene. I know like we got like, I think, leaked photos of Superman in the black suit yes but never showed up in the actual theatrical release so this was just a taste of that scene pretty much um but yeah i don't know um this was from the justice con which is something that dc like was running um parallel to the actual comic-con which is kind of dirty i guess because <laughs> i was like is this from comic-con but no it's not i guess they did a little like a justice league con to like you know get hype for you know the snyder cut um, with well, what couple... is Vince running DC? Now? I know, right? Counter programming. <laughs> it feels a little weird because they're already doing their own little convention. So why... exactly, it, right? That's weird. Um, but anyway, um, but they had a bunch of panels and everything like that. Snyder had one, obviously. Uh, a few interesting things that came out of it was that he is not going to use any footage that he did not shoot himself. So, I was not under the impression that he had that much like footage shot. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then, cause I also heard like there was like a, like he had a decent amount of like a movie there. So like where like people were kind of like speculating, like he could possibly be doing this as like a mini series and not as like a feature length film. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I'm, perplexed yeah right <laughs> i was like how much movie did he shoot before you know he left the project how many times is aquaman gonna say my man yeah right in one movie it's like just the <laughs> same like scenes just badly uh -huh. overdubbed uh. <laughs> well i guess we gotta wait till next year to find out right all right well speaking of henry cavill and no i'm not talking about the video of him putting together his computer no, I'm talking about The Witcher Blood Origin announced by Netflix. Yes, so The Witcher Blood Origin is going to be a new six-part live-action spin-off series that is set 1,200 years prior and tells the story of how the first Witcher comes to be. Um, yeah, the details are really scarce right now, um, but all we know is really that it's happening. I, I'm, I don't think I'm ready for a spin-off series just yet. I feel like the first season of this show really was a good introduction, but not enough to like have everyone clamoring to know every aspect of the universe. You know, you know, what's like how many like series after one season gets a spinoff? Mm -hmm. I can't it's ever remember that happening. <laughs> I mean, Netflix is really just like, hey, this this works. Let's fucking make a spinoff. That's that Netflix money, man. <laughs> That's that Netflix money. Uh, I mean, I'm interested to see, you know, how the first Witcher came to be. I mean, their lives are not easy whatsoever. They're trying to just like forced into all this shit. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how people reacted and how how the idea of the Witcher became so like, you know, X-Men like where they're hated for, you know, trying to help people. All right. Um, so we had a couple trailers this week. We did. Uh, the first trailer we have is from Terrifier 2. Of a sudden, you're like obsessed. They never found his body. What if he decides to come back here? I wouldn't worry about it. On the off chance that he is still alive, I'm sure he's gone far away from here. 
After being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to the timid town of Miles County, where he targets a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. This is directed and written by Damien Leone. Yeah, so I wasn't a huge fan of the first Terrifier. I definitely felt like there was potential there, though. I know Art the Clown has like a huge like cult following at this point, uh, but I don't know. The movie just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, lots of good kills and everything, really creative, but there, I don't know. For me, I need a little bit more of a script around it. Um, and the performances, I just felt like weren't necessarily up, you know, to snuff. Mm. But that being said, like, I don't know, it's a cool character design. Um, and if they bring those kind of, you know, kills back, you know, for the sequel and maybe throw in a script, you know, I, I'm in, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever drove me to the first film. So that's why I've never seen it. You know, uh, I've never heard anything from friends or anyone. It's, it was there on Netflix a couple times. So. I'm surprised. It really, like, has really gained a huge cult following. So there are some really hardcore fans when it comes to, like, the first Terrifier. Uh, and it's been out of some anthology series. I can't think of the name right now. But... Yeah, I mean, it has a big following, um, but it just it, it really did nothing for me, honestly. Uh, so, but I, I did appreciate, you know, like I said, like some of the creative deaths, you know, and also the character. I think the character itself is pretty strong. Um, he just needs to be surrounded by a good movie. So, well, <laughs> that sounds pretty with harsh. All that, <laughs> with all that said, did this trailer like bring anything out in you to make you want to see it? No, not necessarily. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when it comes to horror, I'll pretty much watch anything. So uh, I'm willing to give it a shot. And maybe now they have a bigger budget. And, you know, who knows? It doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see the first one. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm sorry. They must have given them a hundred extra dollars then. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Before we get people too pissed at us. <laughs> uh, we also got a trailer for Hellstrom. There he is. My boy. <gasps> Mommy, dearest. I know you said something loose on this world. What was it? I think you know. No stone unturned. My body is Damien and Anna Hellstrom are the son and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer. The siblings have a complicated dynamic as they track down the terrorizing worst of humanity, each with their attitude and skills. And it's created by Paul Zabizikowski? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, good try, man. Sorry, good Paul. <laughs> and stars Kyle Warren, Xavier D. Salaberry, and Fiona Dwarf. Sure. All right. Christian, what were your thoughts about this trailer? You know, um, I, I do like the Hellstrom characters in Marvel. Um, I They're kind of like, I mean, the, the best way to describe them is it's Constantine and Zatanna half the time. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> um. But I, I, this trailer in general didn't really do much for me. I don't know. Like, 
I didn't like when you read this description, I didn't get anything from the trailer that showed off any attitude and skills or that they're hunting down some serial killer. That's their parent. And I, I, I didn't get any of that. It was just a bunch of dark screens on my end, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a weak, you know, trailer. It's just a mm. teaser, but it definitely looks like they put some money into it. So I'll, I'll give them that. I mean, a lot more money than the terrifier at least. So, I mean, they've got that going for them, right? I just hope that they get the characters right. They're very charismatic. There the are. So. Um, you know, Hellstrom, Damien at least, he's got more of like a punk rock kind of like attitude. Mm-hmm. So, and this feels definitely more like Constantine to me. Yes. So I hope they're not using that more of as like a, a template and making him Constantine light. Um, I hope they stay true to, you know, his character in Marvel, you know, in the comics. Well, it's, it even felt like the most recent comics that had um, him in it, he felt a lot more Constantine-like. And I don't know if that's just Marvel's direction in general for him, but I, I do hear what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about Anna as a character, so I'll be honest mm-hmm. there. So, But uh, but I don't know. I, I'm, It's on Hulu, whatever. I got Hulu. <laughs> I'll watch it. It's coming out October 16th. We, we've got nothing else to do at this point. So we're definitely we'll won't be in the it. theaters. <laughs> so, hey, whatever. Uh, I'll be watching that before I watch Terrifier. It's, All uh, right. it's, <laughs> I'm checking out Terrifier, man. We're, I'm going to review okay. it. There is no release date on Terrifier, by the way. I, I, oh, I did okay. not see a release date. I'm hoping October, but we'll see. Um, but uh, 10 episodes for Hellstrom, too. So it's a short okay. series. Yeah. You know. I feel like um, Hulu does better when they do sh- um, shorter series. Is Runaways and um, Cloak and Dagger got canceled, right? Yeah, all of those got canceled. Cloak and Dagger was pretty decent from what I had watched. I still haven't finished it. Uh, that's definitely a show I need to go back to. I'm really surprised that Faki, like is letting this one slide because he basically seemed like he canceled everything that Loeb was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know everything with like Marvel TV and but then Hellstrom I don't know if they were just too far into like pre-production that he was like yeah just whatever it's Hellstrom <laughs> yeah let, uh, let it imagine, go <laughs> it'll be imagine maybe there's just characters that he isn't interested in using yet so I guess you know but he kind of was like no this is my toy box and you know fuck you when it came to Loeb <laughs> so I'm just surprised mm. you know that he you know, because you remember Ghost Rider was actually announced along yes. with this at the same time, and he's like, "No, no, no, no! You don't get Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Hellstrom, but you know, Ghost Rider's mine." Uh, but yeah, no, I'll be curious to see how it turns out. Yes. All right, Christian, this week's news and rumors were sponsored by MyFeed. That's right. At MyFeed, you can get more pop culture news and stories that we might not even cover on the show. I'm talking stories about your favorite celebs and more, all on their new app and website. That's right. With MyFeed, get a full 360 view of everything happening in pop culture today. No bullshit news, no clickbait, just trending news about the people you care about. My favorite part of the app is that you can even follow your favorite actors and get notified whenever they're announced in a new role or other news, and even get updates on their most recent social media posts without even following them. Yeah, go ahead and check out our show notes and learn how to find MyFeed and download the app today get ready to make my feed your feed all right this week marks the return of comic book spotlight 
This week we're talking about Empire Number no. 3, written by L. Ewing and Dan Slott, uh, drawn by Valrio Shittai. All right, Christian, so Empire 3 was definitely more of a reflective book. Um, it had some strong character moments in it um, and some nice little reveals. Uh, you know, overall, it definitely feels like a transition issue, though, uh, which you're going to get with the six part series. So and mm. I, I have not been reading the tie ins, um, which I hear are actually pretty good. So I'm going to have to, like, check them out. But there's literally like I feel like 20 each month. So <laughs> it's it's going to be an undertaking. So I'm going to have to pick and choose. But I mean, overall, I don't feel like it's hurting you know, the main story so far, not like taking that dive into like all the tie-ins, but we'll see if, you know, I still feel the same way after like issue number four. So, because there's so many tie-ins, it's going to have to like, you know, end up hindering the story at some point, like not like having a a working knowledge of what's going on at least in them. So, but anyway, um, but yeah, you know, we get Tony, you know, of course, you know, playing the somber game and really blaming himself for everything that happens in this. And I'm going to go light spoilers. We get a nice little interaction between Reed and Tony. Tony's feeling down, you know, he's putting a lot of the blame of everything that happened, um, you know, in space on his own shoulders. Um, Reed's trying to pull him out of the funk um, unsuccessfully. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a typical Tony Stark the you know, moments you know <laughs> where he fucked up and you know now he's got to solve the problem that he started uh you know we get to see hawkling really like you know come into his own as a leader and start to like make decisions that's going to like shape the story which was nice um it seems like he's going to be more than just a figurehead uh, you know, because I was curious, you know, bringing and putting this character in such a prominent role in this series, just it felt kind of out of nowhere. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. sense for the character's storyline, but it just feels so out of character for him from what I know of, you know, Teddy. But um, I don't know. It, it was a really there was a really nice moment where he has to make a choice on like how to proceed um, for a mission and you know he chooses kind of the avengers path which i thought was kind of cool um you know he's still not being seduced you know by like the korean scroll like culture yet so i mean he's very much in that hero mindset um mantis shows up who is koi's mother so but i think we all kind of saw that coming um it feels like she's there to try to at least um save you know her son and you know sue richards of all people kind of like protest at first when i i thought was kind of weird (laughs) since she's Mm. a mother which mantis quickly you know pointed out um and kind of i think that kind of really helped appeal to her like compassion so like making her you know reflect on what you know she would do in her shoes so, I mean, with an all-powerful son like Sue has, it might actually come to that one day. So I thought it was a nice little moment. Um, I hate the way Dan Slott is writing the thing. And I know this was Ewing <laughs> scripting this story. But in the first couple issues, it felt like the thing was, like, straight back from, like, the 1960s. Like, the way he used to be written. And I know we get, like, moments like that here and there with the thing. But... 
it just felt so dated and weird. Like he was Jackie Gleason. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, I get it, but it just, it's too cartoony for me. It really mm. is. But you know, I love Dan Slott, you know, that being said, you know, he's one of my favorite Spider-Man writers of all time. So, um, but yeah, um, I'm not sold on Koi as the villain and they let us know that he might not actually be the main villain at the end of the story. There's a really like nice twist that happens at the end of this book that I didn't see coming. Um, I won't spoil it here, but you know, it got me a little more, I would say invested in this event. So, I mean, right now it's, it doesn't feel like a summer blockbuster like a lot of these events should mm. feel like, yeah. um, you know, I don't plant people, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like poison Ivy on crack. I just, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the character like moments that are happening, like throughout the story. So there's that, but I just, I mean, how many more times can the earth get like, invaded and taken over at this point um, a billion yeah i mean just <laughs> it's just like every fucking week i feel so bad for the 616 jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be exhausting so overall it's been a solid event book but it definitely doesn't feel like the summer blockbuster we got with like war of realms where you just got this like over the top cinematic like outrageous fucking you know um storytelling that i don't know it, it it's really got a lot to live up to so um you know and i can't help but like compare it to that since that's the last like major marvel mm. event i read so um but i don't know i don't know i i, I definitely <laughs> i'm definitely gonna stick it out that's not glowing at all i guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see where they go, but it just feels like we've got a lot of red herrings. I'll leave it at that I mean, happening the, right now. <laughs> I mean, at least at least it seems so far that the tie-ins aren't like dragging anything down. Like I'm glad that, you know, uh, to hear because after like reading stories like Metal and stuff like that, where it's just, like you need those tie-ins to make it fucking work, that Marvel's come out with another storyline that so far you don't need to read the tie-ins to get the event that, just yet. I mean, maybe... But there is a ton. <laughs> that's my perspective. Like, I can still follow this story right now, mm. but that doesn't mean that the tie-ins won't make this story better, you know? So, and I hear that the tie-ins are actually good. I just, I can't imagine spending $50 a month, you know, on this one storyline. Mm -hmm. So, and like, th the number of books connected to this is just fucking insane um you know it's it's one of the highest counts i've seen in quite a while so they kind of were getting away from that it felt like for a little bit but we're right back at it it does feel good again to be talking comics so tune in next week and find out what we're reviewing in our next comic book spotlight Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Don't be the guy at the beach with a bear rug on your chest. And if you put on some quarantine weight, the least you can do is be as smooth as a baby seal. The worst feeling in the world is that first day on the beach and you're rocking your brand new European style bathing suit and it looks like you're smuggling some Ewoks down there. You know what I mean. 
That's why I love Manscaped. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with essential lawnmower, 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. If you're in need of a chest shave, this is the best trimmer on the market. This third generation trimmer features skin safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. Don't accidentally shave off your nipple like Christian did. You can also adjust the settings to get the length that you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. You can even trim our show logo into your promised land if you're bold enough. Go ahead and DM Christian and show us your nerd love. Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's as good for your chest hair as it is for your skin. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's designed to give you pep in your step. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer, delivered to your door every three months. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag at a $39 value and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you visit manscaped.com slash nerdshow. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. That's right, people. Get 20% off and free shipping when you visit manscaped.com slash nerdshow. That's 20% off with free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash nerdshow. Trim your chesticles with the besticles and tell them the nerd sent you. All right, it's that time again. It's time for Christian's Corner. All right, guys. So this week, I've got a couple of stories for you guys. Uh, Starting off, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Citizen and everything that's been going on this week and how fans have reacted um, lately to that game's... uh, that game's roadmap that's kind of just been obliterated. Now, um, for, for those who are unaware, and those who, you know, it's Star Citizen's a very, I feel, niche game. It's a space exploration um, simulator that they've been working on for, I don't know, since I was born at this point, it feels like it. Not, not really, but it was one of those first big Kickstarter, GoFundMe type games where it, it just skyrocketed. Uh, the amount of people interested in the game um, and the and the amount of promises that they were making for this game, you know, while seeming unreal at sometimes, uh, you know, really seemed like this would be the future of you know this massive online space exploration experience. You know, um, something similar to like No Man's Sky, but even with all the pieces that they they promised that they would give us at the at the beginning, uh, and people really bought into that. Um, you know, there was a certain point where I almost bought into that. You know, I got super excited by the idea you know i could buy a ship and you know fly around in the beta and just try out this game because i've always wanted a game experience like that um and i am one of the suckers that did buy no man's sky on day one no man's sky has gotten a lot better just want to put that out there Uh, and i'm definitely going to want to get back into it now that i've seen even more updates uh but star citizen itself you know was an experience far beyond what no man's sky could ever promise um, and that's that's what they you know kept telling you and 
what people kept funding and stuff like that. So lately, uh, at E3 last year, um, they did announce you know a, a single player um, experience, uh, Squadron 42. Um, and they started showing off a roadmap to like when that will come out and when you will be able to play alphas and betas and you know uh, get get into that game and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it had a huge cast, Mark Hamill um, for one name, and, and many other actors and actresses. I can't just uh, think of their names off the top of my head this very second, but you know, tons tons of promise there, and it looked kind of interesting. And you know, it was the first taste for a lot of people to like get back into Star Citizen and. A lot of people that probably have like left the ship by now uh, were, were clamoring to get back into Star Citizen and, and try out this new experience that they were uh, promising. And then, and, you know, one of the big things that they did promise, as most GoFundMe type uh, things are, uh, we will communicate with you guys um, about the game release and about what we're going to be coming out with. And we'll, you know, over over time, has been you know very upfront with what they're doing and stuff like that. For a long, for many years, so more communication didn't seem like it'd be a problem, um, and apparently it has because fans of the game um, quickly noticed communication just fell off the planet, um, and things started to really start to fall apart. You know, then out of nowhere they announced that the roadmap schedule is just is, is inaccurate and will not um, finally go through. So I, I mean, I, as a gamer myself, I, I could totally see. Why, where the frustration would come from. I mean, Reddit was ablaze with uh, over this game, um, and you know, it's it makes sense. You know, you you're promised a lot. You know, usually I would say developers don't owe you any type of communication on what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, all all they have is their marketing team, and that's that's all you're supposed to really need. But when when it's no longer being you know funded by a big corporation and stuff like that. Um, and when it's actually like the consumer itself helping pay to the game and quite frankly um, the amount of money that has been put into Star Citizen and or well given to the developers I won't say put into Star Citizen um, you know is astronomical I mean the, it's ridiculous how much money this game has been given and how many video games um, have come out since then I mean uh, one of the, I think one of the big uh, comparisons was that Last of Us One and Two has come out in the in the time span that Star Citizen has been fucking in development, uh, and how much money. I mean, you could make probably ten Last of Us at this point <laughs> with the amount of money that Star Citizen has been given, and it's that's that's insane. That's insane the amount of money they've been uh, given to make this game and still not really anything more than a beta here and there um, that's amazing <laughs> uh, where do I sign up to be part of this team <laughs> but but anyway um, fans are getting fed up um, and a lot of them are starting to say we're gonna vote with our wallet and stop giving you money um, and that I mean, I believe that's the right direction. If you do want um, real answers from a developer in any way, uh, you stop paying them. You know, you you want you want answers. You want them to respect you as the consumer. You, you don't give them your money. I mean, that's that's how it is. Um, and <laughs> developers' response to all the criticism uh, in the last uh, week or so uh, has been very not. It's it's very uh, yeah. We understand, but you know it is what it is and that's the kind of response the developer has given back 
So yeah, I definitely say if you're if you're a Star Citizen player or a Star Citizen fan or someone that's been following their um, I can't remember if it's GoFundMe or Patreon or whatever uh, for how long for however long it's been going on. You know, it's I mean at this point it's time to vote with your wallet. I mean they need to um, produce more results than they have given. Um, it's at, at this point they should have something to show. And while yeah. Maybe the the huge cast that they got for the single player probably costs a lot. I can I can only imagine. I mean, with the scale of this game, uh, trying to shove another experience into it, you know, that's I mean that's going to be costly. Um, one of the things that you know helps bring out a game usually is the fact that there's so many time constraints and stuff like that. Um, you know, the develop the um, company that owns the developer or has contracted the developer is you know putting a lot of pressure on you to release the game so that they can make their money uh there's no one doing that for star citizen there's no there's no figurehead above that the consumer is that figurehead and at this point they're they're the ones telling the consumer what's going to happen well you as the consumer need to decide what if that's the answer you want you know you have to decide with your wallet um if i'm going to keep giving them fucking 15 plus dollars a month or whatever it is you want or if you're gonna keep buying new ships and um, getting new like just for little tiny updates in the betas and stuff like that you you want more of this you want the actual game to come out you need to put pressure on them and I feel like eventually after a little while if this continues on if the, the hate and everything for stars just really starts to grow then maybe they will actually listen to the consumer that has pretty much funded their livelihood for the last 10 plus years um, that's, I mean, that's more of an opinion piece than, you know, anything, but I, I definitely wanted to put my two cents in as, as a fellow gamer on Star Citizen. But beyond that, um, one of the big stories that came out was a big leak <laughs> for the next Call of Duty game being Call of Duty, um, Black Ops Cold War. Now, it seems like Black Ops is going back to the, um, you know, the Cold War formula that they started off with. Uh, smart on them. Uh, the leak comes from Doritos, of all people. Uh, it seems that someone had um, accidentally put out some of the future merchandising um, for their next like big promotion through um, Doritos, and of course, it showed off. You know, another Doritos who have been partners with like um, Activision for many years, uh, doing this for Call of Duty, uh, was going to do another double XP thing. It was it would be a year of double XP actually. Um, if you use some special code of theirs um, and buy their products, of course. Uh, and, you know, that's that's crazy. I mean, it's interesting to see them going back to it. Um, there seem to have been big hints in it in their um, more recent, like, uh, Call of Duty Warzone and stuff like that. People had uncovered it. Like, there could be a possible Cold War um, stuff going on. And that's how Black Ops really started. You know, you played doing secret... Um, Cold War missions and stuff like that. When it comes to Call of Duty, I've always been a big fan of the Black Ops series in general. Um, beyond that, I have, like, for some reason, Black Ops has really shown off uh, the most fun experiences. Like, I've tried other Call of Duties, and I've, I've been there for a while, you know, since Call of Duty 4 and, and on, you know. Uh, I definitely uh, followed along and saw what was coming out, and if I was interested in it, I'd pick it up. Uh, you know, I would try them in between, and I always seem to have the most fun with Black Ops. And um, you know, I think I spent the most time in Black Ops Two and Three um, overall. There definitely has been a shift back towards realism, rather than too much, you know, uh, cybernetics and 
shit like that in your in your shooter. And I'm I'm assuming that if they're calling it Cold War, that it probably will be going that same route where uh, it'll be more grounded play. Maybe we'll see something more along the rounds of Black Ops One and Two rather than what they did with Three and Four going forward. Um, yeah, we saw this similar trend of the last few years where Doritos, you know, did promotions and stuff like that, and it seemed like the game kind of followed suit. So, um, you know, there's big predictions now that the game will be coming out in October, uh, probably October 25th is the is the rumored release. You know, that seems pretty on track for Call of Duty games, uh, and they probably want to, you know, stay out of that November release range, because <laughs> Cyberpunk is going to, you know, kill the market. <laughs> I don't know what Assassin's Creed is doing. Yeah, coming out like fucking a week before, so it's that's that's a bad idea. <laughs> Money wise, I, I'm surprised that shit isn't just being released in September, but maybe they're just not not polished enough. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, those are my my two stories, my little opinion piece on fucking Star Citizen, and you know, giving you giving you an update on Call of Duty. Um, you know, uh, the last last time I played Call of Duty was for a drunk stream. Uh, I don't know if that still exists anywhere, because man, did I uh, did I drink a little too much during that stream? Uh, <laughs> I was doing like one death uh, was a shot, and man, um, after a while, uh, once you start to get tipsy uh, <laughs> and you start dying, then it's it just you just start pouring them back. <laughs> And that's something that you're interested in seeing me do. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel where I post our video game gameplay every single day. Uh, well, Monday through Friday, I post episodic episodes uh, where I cut down my live streams that I do on the weekends. Um, Saturday and Sunday, I do about two hours to three hours of a game, and I play along with the fans or whoever is watching. Um, so definitely tune in on Saturday and Sunday if you want to be a part of the show. Uh, I'll definitely reach out to you, talk to you guys uh, while streaming. Um, and if, and if that's too long for you or if you can't make it for the live streams, you know, I do edited cuts Monday through Friday. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, there will definitely be an episode of um, Ghost of Tsushima up today. Um, and I'll, I need to add a couple of those to the playlist because I haven't done that in a little while with me being busy moving and all that. <laughs> uh, and then this weekend, I should definitely be you know, picking up more Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy the game. Uh, that's going to be my like main game uh, for this month. Uh, next month, I'm probably going to pick up a couple more games or start playing some retro games as well um, on top of me doing Ghost of Tsushima. So definitely uh, tune in. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitch, or um, our YouTube channel, and that's where I do my live streams. Or just subscribe to YouTube, hit the bell, and you'll get, you'll get episodic episodes Monday through Friday, um, all nicely cut down. You know, you don't get to watch me, you don't have to watch me die five times trying to fight the same Mongolians. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Hey, Damon, this week we both watched a horror movie. That's right, we saw the film, The Rental. Mild spoilers ahead. Navigate with caution. You have been warned. And now, our feature presentation. This will be over soon, I promise. This will never be over. Look, this is not okay, Charlie, all right? Stop being so calm. Everything is fine. Two couples rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway. 
This is directed by Dave Franco and also written by Dave Franco, Joe Swanberg, and Mike Dembski. Well, this is going to be one of the shortest reviews I've done in a while. Um, I always wondered myself, what would happen if the Lifetime channel decided to make a slasher film? Well, I got my fucking answer. You get the rental. That's what would happen. Um, and man, I'm sorry I asked. Because this horror film is really just kind of a dull relationship drama in disguise. Um, and my main issue is that it does neither of the genres particularly well. It's unfortunate because at the start, I felt like first time director, um, you know, slash actor David Franco, like he felt like he was like laying the groundwork for something interesting with like some rich subtext. Um, we have a Middle Eastern character. She tries to rent this house for the weekend as a getaway for these two couples. She gets denied and then her friend ends up getting approved like literally an hour later. When they get to the house, she has a confrontation with the groundskeeper. You know, it's pretty tense. It seems like they're going for something like generational. None of that pans out. Um, you know, those themes that they seem to be developing really just turn out to be a red herring. You know, the kind that we get in every slasher film. They just lead to absolutely nowhere. And it, it just, you know, becomes a victim of an, this joyless plot. Um, it's a very talented cast. And there's enough chemistry between them, you know, that you kind of start to get invested. But at a certain point, I had to, like, remind myself that I was watching a horror film. Because the only real tension that develops throughout the film is, like, between the couples. It's like you're watching a super serious episode of fucking Love Island or one of those bad reality shows. Um, the horror ingredient really just isn't there for the first 50 minutes or so. There are like some things alluded to, you know, and some like cookie cutter kind of tropes that are really subtle and like just barely register. Like, I, like I said, I mean, the suspense really was what was happening between these couples and their relationship. Uh, there's just no sense of threat whatsoever just the realization that you're watching this fucking, you know, movie about some pretty crappy people. <laughs> Especially after it got to, like, the 45-minute point. Uh, you know, when the horror film finally does break out, it's just toothless and, like, watered down. It, it offers nothing new or clever. It brings nothing to the table. And it's still somehow completely devoid of all suspense. They just kind of like feel like they're going through the motions. To me, it felt like, you know, they thought they reinvented the wheel in the first part of the film. And they just decided to phone it in for the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, the characters just start making these absolutely laughable nonsensical choices and i know what you're gonna say david that happens in every fucking slasher film but the difference here is you know one the tone is super serious so and the fact that these are 30 year old adults so they're not just some like dopey fucking teenagers it, it just you know takes you completely out of the film um and the cherry on top honestly for me the cherry on top is the finale it is one of the least satisfying endings to a film i've seen in a long time so anyway to sum it up i do not recommend the rental stay the fuck away on a positive note 
I will say Alison Brie's pretty great in this film. Um, I just wish she was in a different movie. Uh, so I recommend just skipping this and, you know, watching, rewatching maybe Horse Girl. Damn it, I'm so disappointed. You you stole my analogy. I wanted to bring up how this is just like a lifetime movie, but with a slightly better, you know, film <laughs> film class taken it, beforehand. Ser- <laughs> that's what it felt like, right? I'm not crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, um the, they handled this like it was like that typical Sunday night movie with your mom, uh kind of drama, and then you got that 20 minutes of horror at the end and i barely can call it horror when you when you see one of the um the members of slipknot basically bashing in some skulls here and there barely uh, barely bashing barely. in they cut away <laughs> from a lot of the violence which i thought was weird too which I, I i actively had to google what the rating for this movie was by that point because i was like is this rated r and i'm like is it just because of them swearing and maybe slight sexual contact because i can't imagine how any of the violence at the end of this movie granted them rated R. yeah i think it's basically just because of language because the violence wasn't there i felt like you get like more violence from like a amc show or something like that so i definitely don't feel like it's because it's violence because i mean franco he really cuts away from a lot of like the impact of the violence Mm -hmm. at least it it just wasn't innovative whatsoever um i i was just super disappointed and i went into this blind like i didn't i didn't watch a trailer i barely like knew what you were talking about when you brought up the film you know i just i went into it watched it and you know for most of it i i was giving it credit where there you know i thought the relationships were believable but you know even in that those first three minutes you know when i saw the brother enter the situation where they're just talking about getting the place i kind of knew this story already yes and I was wondering, what, would they take it in a different way? Would they bring some interesting elements? No, it's it's stuck to that cookie cutter formula of those of those films. You know, I, I feel like I've seen this done by Tyler Perry or a million other different directors. You know, I just, I, I don't know. There was nothing interesting to see in this experience. And this this was like an hour and a half that felt just like a wasted time at a certain point. You know, um, I got to the end and I was really hoping, you know, if you're going to make this horror, give me some impact. And there was none. Um, the one, the big parts, um, I really thought they could have improved on. And, you know, Franco takes some notes, um, you know, fucking put some added, just a little bit of added tension or, um, stalking in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, you have this villain and for some reason, like halfway through the movie, they, they do this giant wide shot and you get the breathing and that's it. Yes, that's no the, other word of it. That's literally the only scene there, you know, with the breathing. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I it, it's just weird. It's a weird choice. You know, with pacing and all in this film being so slow, you would think they would sprinkle in little moments where you might have seen someone in the background or there's someone just standing in the woods or something because they have so many great, beautiful shots that just hang on these characters for a long time. And but there's nothing going on in the scene. You know, you're just looking at people talking for a little while, and then you move on. Yeah, I, um, I literally forgot that I was watching a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 
it, it like dawned on me like halfway through. I was like, oh shit, this is a horror movie. What the hell am I watching? Mm. What's going on? And what's not going on in this movie? Because you're right. If they just had like a few shots of someone like looming in the background to just kind of add that suspense and kind of like get you on the edge of the seat waiting for something to happen, you know, that will like kind of get you through those longer dialogue scenes. I'm fine with the slow burn movie, but mm-hmm. like it has to lead to something. But even with that said, like if it if it still had that ending, if it still had the impacts of those kills with the, that suspense building up, I'd still be as equally disappointed. You know, at, at the end of the day, you have to you have to give me something with impact at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And that la- to make this the, the, I mean, the finale is just I mean, jaw dropping bad. Um, they do heavy spoilers. Um, they do introduce, you know, um, the facts that there, you know, there's camera footage in the house and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, after they showed all of this stuff, showing the the villain and how the villain works and stuff, I I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I I giving me like five minutes of you know what the villain does in the background when he's doing all this stuff. I was just like, give me the fucking credits so I can leave. Yeah. You know, so I can fucking end this. <laughs> it almost feels like something they should have discovered, like, after mm-hmm. the shit hits the fan. Like, he, like, ends up, like, sending the footage to them so they they know what's about to happen. Um, but otherwise, I was like, okay, well, this just feels completely tacked on. And, you know, someone must have mentioned, oh, you forgot to film a horror movie. So he, like, went and did a bunch of reshoots. So Because uh. it just felt really like it was from, like, almost another movie. No, exactly. I thought it was a completely different film at that point. Um, I don't know. I, do, do you think they were just in a bed and breakfast and just decided, hey, what what if someone tried to kill us? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just what they wrote on the page. I mean, just, I, I, <laughs> I have no clue. I have no I clue. Was, I was extremely disappointed. I had zero expectations and zero expectations were met. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, Christian, if you were to give this a grade, what would you give it? If you know to give it a little bit of a curve because cinematography was good, you know we did get some okay, you know um, casts. This year we're casting. definitely grading on a curve. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a D plus. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a D plus. I'm gonna give it a solid D, and that D was earned by Allison Brie because otherwise this would get an F. Um, she was the only thing likable in this movie. Mm. Um, you know, just because I felt like, I don't know, I just, I enjoyed her character. So I, I don't know, you know, she, she had enough like little like moments that, you know, kept me entertained, but otherwise, yeah, this, this just wasn't for me. Fuck. Why not play some mind games on these guys a little bit more? Christian, there's you know? so many different avenues that they could have gone. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's no point in torturing ourselves and like sitting here <laughs> and basically scripting a better movie. I don't <laughs> I mean, it felt like, <sighs> like, Franco, like, had never seen a horror film. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he just read about them and then decided to go try to shoot them. You know? I'm pretty sure he's been in horror movies. Has he? <laughs> yes. Well, he wasn't paying attention. Because, I know. Because this was not a horror film. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that was him, by the way. I'm pretty sure he was the villain. Probably. At the yeah, end. I got that feeling, <laughs> just walking too. walking around. <laughs> All right, well, up next, we're talking wrestling. Nyla, who are you looking forward to as your partner? Excuse me? It doesn't matter who our partner is. That trophy is ours. 
Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a pick to make. I, I, you see what I did? I did the thing. I said the thing. It's great. Good partners. Good. Purple. I like purple. Goes with Nyla. Somebody's actually already chosen that color. Who? Nyla. Lucky for you, I'm back. Girl, hi. All right, Christian. So let's go ahead and let's talk some Wednesday night wrestling, man. It's definitely my favorite, like, you know, day of the week for wrestling, um, bar none. So, I mean, hey, man, let's actually talk about some positives for once, right? All right, all right. <laughs> At least I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, both shows, AEW and NXT, were, were pretty solid overall. Um, you know, uh, AEW started off with a, a nice 10-man tag. Um, it was a little chaotic, but it was a good way to kick off the show. Uh, it got a little clunky here and there, but overall they pulled it off. It's it's really good to have Sammy back. I will say that. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely feels like they're continuing the Orange Cassidy and Jericho um, feud. Well, obviously because we got an announcement of a match happening in a couple weeks, and then they're supposed to have a debate, I believe, next week, uh, <laughs> which okay. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> But I guess um, Jericho has someone like as a surprise officiating the debate. So I don't know. Like I thought Tyson, but then mm. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I don't know where they're going with that. I just hope it's not another like, you know, I don't know, a WWE cast off because I'm getting a little sick of that <laughs> at this point. Um, we had Matt Cordona show up, formerly Zack Ryder. Um, I don't know. I know he's Cody's friend, <laughs> and I like I, was I like his it. toy podcast. I do. Um, but he's not there to talk about toys, so we'll see. I'm taking a wait and see, you know, <laughs> perspective with him, if you will, just because I think it's unfair to judge him based on his WWE career because mm. they did jack shit with him. So, um, we'll see what happens. You know, it does feel out of left field for where Cody seemed to be going as a character. Um, this is true. Know, it felt like there was some like heel, you know, seeds being planted. Uh, we had Arne show up with FTR for their contract signing. Um, it's official that FTR is now a part of the company. They're they're under contract, so they signed a multiple year deal. But Arn was there to, you know, oversee it. So we're already seeing, like, the ties loosely form between Cody and FTR, you know, and possibly getting a, you know, faction down the line. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, we, I mean, I'm down for a heel Zack Ryder. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, do we have, you know, Matt Cordona, like, join that group? Or is that going to be Sean Spears' um, slot? Because he's also, you know, someone with a past with Cody and everything. And he's he's with True. Tully right now. He's also been out there scouting, you know, FTR. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But, I don't know. I don't know. I It is what it is, man. It's just, it feels like a lot of WWE guys. <laughs> you know, with Brody Lee and Matt Hardy, FTR, um, fucking uh, Cameron <laughs> showed up. The Funkadelic. Funkadat what's it are they Funkadelics? What are they? Yeah, they were no, the Funkadactyls. That's right. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Dinosaurs but funky. <laughs> um yeah. 
So that was out of nowhere. I didn't even know she was wrestling still, but she's going to be uh, teaming up with Nyla Rose for their women's tag team. Uh, God, I hope she's been training. I don't think so, man. I just don't want them to be fucking, you know, uh, TNA back in the day where they signed uh-huh. any like WWE cast off. That's my fear. So, yeah, I hear you. It's just that everyone's fired and available. So I, I guess, guess I, I guess they're just but right up now talent, I feel like but... they have too much talent. So that's mm. my concern, too, is like you're going to have all these people and you're not going to have anything to do with them. And I, I don't want them to take focus off like the stars they seem to be making right now. You know, I don't want that to cut into like Darby Allen's time or Jungle Boy's time mm-hmm. or Orange Cassidy's time. So, you know, or Sammy, you know, they've got such a great young roster. Um, just go with them, you know. So unless it's someone who's just insanely talented and you can't pass up, you know, I mean, Matt Hardy makes sense to me because he can be a player coach. FTR is a definite. But and Cameron. <laughs> It makes no sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I mean, and that uh, I feel like it, unless we're missing something and she's been at like, you know, training at the New Japan Dojo or something <laughs> and she just comes in a house of fire. I mean, that's not going to help their women's division at all. So we had a tag team championship match uh, with, uh, you know, Omega and Hangman versus uh, the Dark Order. It was a it was an OK match. It wasn't great. Uh, there at the end of the match, uh, they got jumped by the Dark Order, and then uh, the Young Bucks and FTR came out and made the save, and now there's going to be a giant like ten man tag, uh, next week. So I, I could do without the ten man tags. I will say that you know mm-hmm. that's a bit much. I feel like you know spread it out a little. We don't need that many people in the ring at once, and they just end up being chaos. So. Well, especially after just having yes. one as yes. well. I agree. Um, but yeah, you, and it also brings me to another point. Like, okay, I don't understand the contendership, like the way the contender, contendership like works in AEW. Because I don't, one, I haven't, and I haven't been paying attention, so this might be my fault. But I haven't seen like the top five lately. I felt like they were doing a lot more posting with the top five on social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you're aware every week. Um, it just feels like we're all of a sudden getting to the point where they're just handing out random like title matches, because I can't imagine Dark Order being like ranked that high, where they, you know, yeah. they should be getting a title match. I mean, unless stuff is going on on Dark and we yeah, are unaware. Yeah, and I'll have to look that up, and that's on me if I, you know, if I've been hmm. missing that. But it does feel weird, uh, because John Moxley, you know, and Darby Allen faced off with Cage and uh, Ricky Starks. Which was a pretty good match. Uh, but at the end of the match, you had Darby Allen eyeing Moxley's title. And then they kind of were mouthing back and forth. And all of a sudden, I think it was JR. I was like, oh, Tony Khan just confirmed it's going to be Darby Allen versus John Moxley for the title next week. I was like, wait, what? And they, they, they let <laughs> you know during the match that Darby uh. Allen's ranked number five. So why would the number like five contender get a title match out of nowhere just for looking at the title like i don't understand (laughs) the logic in that you know i'm all for the match i just i also feel like it's a match that darby's not going to win and i feel like we've i think it 
I think it might end with a no contest. That's what I hope. I don't. I, well, I I want it to mm. be like a time limit draw, something where Darby like looks strong. Um, but it just I don't know. It feels so out of nowhere, especially since like in the middle of the show you had MJF challenging for the title um, at All Out. So it's like, well, why the fuck does Darby Allen get to jump over MJF and get a title shot? You know, it just it those little things kind of like i don't know rub me the wrong way but i just might be an old fussy wrestling fan so because i i really like you know the fact that we get that like top five list every like week so but if Mm. you're not going to utilize it why do it because you're just causing yourself more headaches than anything no it it really could be problematic in the future um i i i what what number is mjf he is he i don't know right now you Google while I'm talking. <laughs> See if you can find the list. Because I ha- I swear I have not seen it for a while. They used to post it every week. I know that I know part of the reason is they're probably shorthanded. So they're just probably making do with what they have. But then say that. You know? You also control the rankings. Yes, well, just, that's true. Just, just change them. <laughs> that is true. I also worry that they're starting to book for ratings instead of storyline and they're worried Mm. about like what nxt is doing so that's you know i don't want to see them get into that like kind of groove i'd rather have them just concentrate on putting on strong shows with a good storyline and not worry about like hot shotting an angle or program just to get a rating because that's going to end up getting you into the same kind of rut that you know wwe is in now so um oh we we uh got to see warhorse so there's a lot yes. of buzz around warhorse and overall it was okay you know uh, i don't think this match or the format for the match if you will like you know the fact that he's coming in as a contender or whatever helped him out much because we didn't really get to know the character at all before he debuted and everything. It would have been nice to see like a vignette here and there. I know that's not like how this title's being defended right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really get a good grasp of like who he was, you know, in this match. Um, and then also the crowd, which is weird because they're all paid wrestlers, was just, I don't know, they were just awful this week for some reason. And they've been a strong point for AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just felt like they weren't into anything, which is like, you're getting paid to sit there and cheer. <laughs> Fucking cheer. Like, it was really weird. Like, NXT, like, for once, had the stronger, like, audience. And that's and that really is, is saying a lot. Um, as of this week, for the men's rankings, MJF is number one. Lance Archer is number two. Brian Cage is number three. Brody Lee is number four. And Darby Allen is number five. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Do they show you their win loss? Yes. So uh, Darby Allen's at seven four, while MGF is What's at eight Lance zero. Ten one. Uh, yeah, I ten guess ten victories, that makes one sense. loss. I mean, most of his victories are coming on dark, though. You know, mm-hmm. so I guess they're not weighing caliber I mean, of like talent. You know that he's beating. I I I would like to see Moxley versus Archer yes, again. That that would be I, a fun I, match. I agree. I agree 100%. Mm. 
So I, I, I'm sure we'll eventually get there because he's kind of in a holding pattern right now too. He's he has no program. You know, he's been he was just sitting mm-hmm. in the crowd this week. So, um, but yeah, Cody, back to Cody and Warhorse. Like, I think that the lack of just audience participation and buzz really like took this match down a level. Unfortunately, they also had to follow that Eddie Kingston match from last week, which was mm-hmm. just phenomenal. So, I mean, that's a lot to live up to. Yeah. Uh, do you think it would have helped if he had had some promo time or something beforehand? Because they did announce that he would be showing up last week. So, I mean, it feels like they could have done like just a vignette or something like that, you know, during this week to, to lead up to his match. So, because I've never seen him or, you know, heard a promo or anything until Wednesday. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him. But I know he's got either. a lot of buzz around him. You know, so. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that he wasn't impressive it just i don't know it just didn't feel anything like compared to that eddie kingston match so Sheeta and diamante had a match they just didn't really click it felt like and they almost had like a little too much time unfortunately um they i mean i know right now with the pandemic and everything that they're shorthanded uh but they just really I don't know. They need to grab some more talent. It feels like for the women's division that isn't named Cameron. Um, <laughs> yes. NXT is just head and shoulders above like AEW when it comes to their women's division right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got some catching up to do, but they can do it. I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. They just have to sign the right talent. Um, you know, they just got to, I feel like they need to get some more like seasoned vets in there. So um, MJF was great with his state of the industry address. He's definitely challenging Moxley for the title at All Out. Um, I think everyone kind of saw that coming. So we'll see. He had a little cabinet with him. You know, he he was kind of making it sound like he, I mean, it was like a campaign speech, really. Um, So he had all these assistants Mm -hmm. around him, but it was some good interactions and everything. Um, You know, we'll see how everything unfolds. What what do you think are the chances uh, MJF comes out as champion? It still feels a little too soon to me, um, but I don't know. It's I, I feel like All Out is going to end up being one of like their like you know bigger events, like their Mania. So I could yeah. see them doing a title change. It just I don't know. I don't know if they've done enough to build up MJF in the ring right now. Like I want to see him wrestle like every week or every other week. So we can get a good feel for like, you know, that he's a threat. Yeah. You know, because I mean, we see him on the mic all the time, but we don't get tons of ring work from him. Um, And I really want to, I don't know, get over the fact that, you know, he could beat anyone at any time. So because he is a talented wrestler, but I don't think they really sell that with him enough. No, uh, if, if anything, I can picture him cheating to win. Yeah, which is fine, you know, mm. which is fine. But just establish him a little more in the ring. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because he does, like, I don't know. He mentioned it even, like, that, you know, why am I not on the show more? You know, why is it every other week I'm, like, sitting in the crowd? So he did mention that. He also called Moxley a stone-cold wannabe. So, I mean, there are some nice little shots here and there thrown. So I, I, we'll see what happens. You know, 
I am curious because it does feel like, you know, I'm not sure where the booking's going, but at least it's keeping me like kind of, you know, invested on the edge of my seat. I love JR. Okay. And I feel like people are way too hard on him. Um, but someone needs to just rein him in a little. Cause like if he isn't enjoying what's happening or into like, you know, a match, he just wears it on his sleeve way too much. Um, to the point where it feels like the other announcers are having to like defend what's happening. Like he shouldn't be mm-hmm. the one like pointing out like flaws left and right in every match. Um, you know, I think it ends up hurting the product more than like helping the product. Like I don't want him to put over every fucking match like, you know, a WWE announcer will. But at the same time, you don't have to bury it either. And, you know, and I love JR. Like I said, I don't know if he was just in a mood <laughs> this week, but like I almost rather have him just like save that for the podcast because <laughs> when JR is on, I mean, no one's better than him. You know, I mean, he's one of the greatest storytellers in the industry. Um, you know, he can put over a match, but he, I mean, like he can make or break a match also. So, I mean, it, it I just, I don't know. I don't know. Someone needs to give him a hug or something because <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> seem like he's enjoying what's going on lately. And maybe it was just last week, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I enjoyed the booth overall. I feel like they actually have really good chemistry um, and they make it fun. But man, it, JR just needs to, I don't know, pick up a smile <laughs> or something. Uh, barbecue sales must be down, you know? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk some NXT. So NXT started off with a really strong women's tag team match. Uh, Io Shirai and Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Um, Io and Tegan went over. Uh, I thought it was kind of weird because I really thought that, you know, Dakota would end up getting the pin here um, since it seems like they're really pushing towards an EO versus Dakota like program. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> it didn't happen. But, you know, I, eventually they've got to do something to validate Dakota as, you know, a worthy opponent for EO. I feel like they haven't done that necessarily yet. Uh, we got a really good really good match between uh gargano and roderick strong uh you know it it and i like the storyline that they have going on with the undisputed right now um they're kind of in a slump so this whole episode was really about the undisputed kind of like getting their groove back um johnny went over here but it was i mean it was it was a fantastic match it was probably my favorite match of the night overall I will say. So they really complement each other. And they said they only wrestled no. twice so far in NXT, which I thought was weird because they've both been there for so long at this point. Mm, you know? But I mean, both times have been phenomenal. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had Imperium uh, versus uh, Everrise, which Matt Martell, I believe, feels like a blading shot at Matt Jackson. <laughs> from his look and his demeanor and everything he looks like a dollar store like young buck so and i'm wondering if that's like on purpose <laughs> or if he's just a big fan <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't put it past hunter though mm. so um swerve scott was you know fantastic J- jake atlas is very talented um but then uh we got a really strong 
promo from Keith Lee calling out Karrion Cross. I'm really looking forward to this program. Um, I'm a little concerned that it might be too soon because I just don't see a way Karrion Cross is going to lose this. And it feels, you know, I don't know, unfair for Keith Lee's title reign to be cut so short. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I mean, do you think it'll be a situation where they'll just pass it back and forth for a little bit? Mm, I think Karrion Cross carries that title for a couple months. They take it off of him, and then he moves to the ro- the main roster. Really? That quickly? Yeah. I think they have big plans for him. They even had Drew McIntyre on uh, Twitter say that he's like keeping his eyes on uh, Karrion Cross. Hmm. So they're already laying, you know, planting seeds, <laughs> if you will. So, um, in a strange, strange turn of events, uh, Dexter Loomis defeated Timothy Thatcher and Finn Balor in a, in the NXT North American championship qualifying match. There's going to be a ladder match at the 30th, uh, takeover, I believe. Yes. Is it the 30th? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm, it is the 30th. Jesus Christ. I know it's, <laughs> I thought that was a typo. Um, yeah, so Dexter Loomis is in that match over Finn fucking Balor, and he made Timothy Thatcher submit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Dexter Loomis does absolutely nothing for me. Like, as a wrestler, he's the equivalent of watching paint dry. You know, like, the idea for the character is intriguing, but the execution is lackluster. I I don't understand what's happening or why they're pushing him so hard. Um, especially, god damn, over Finn Balor, really? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, why are they pushing him they and mu- the dropping the be- ball on Balor I, again? Once again, like, I forgot Balor was in NXT for mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, I feel like he's not featured enough, and I don't know if that has to do with, you know, the play that's going on right now or what. But, like, I feel like he needs to be in your main events like every other episode at this point. Like, he he doesn't feel like he's a big enough star. It's so weird, right? Like, he showed up, and he made a big splash, and then, like, they they haven't done tons with him. So, I I don't know. It feels like a waste. And now he can't even get a North American championship? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they must have another match and program in mind for him at... Takeover. you say that i hope so because this this is just a, a crime <laughs> i also totally forgot mercedes martinez defeated uh shante uh blackheart um and pretty one-sided match uh it was okay though i mean they're getting over martinez i get mm-hmm. um and then um imperium you know i forgot to mention after the imperium match um which was very one-sided uh the Undisputed Era came out and jumped them. So, and it was kind of their way of getting their mojo back. They're trying to remember what brought them to the dance in the first place. Yes. So, oh, they also did a little segment about, you know, Cole's, you know, quote unquote, you know, heated exchange with Pat McAfee on his show, um, which is obviously a total work. Um, it mm-hmm. worries me, though, that this is going to lead to some kind of match you know, or something. I, I, I don't know. I've got a bad feeling. So, um, cause I don't know where Adam Cole also, you know, lies right now, booking wise. 
So, um, that would be a mistake. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Yes, he should be in a featured main event spot at least on takeover. So, and not versus some fucking punter, right? Yeah, but overall, I mean, strong showing from both shows. Um, and hey, man, Wednesday night's the night. Absolutely, fuck man. Mondays, fuck Fridays, because <laughs> they'll do nothing but disappoint you. I'm just, I'm interested to see if Raw can actually get down to like AEW numbers. Ah, uh, it would take a lot. Um, it's a possibility. It's, I, I think, it's mm-hmm. more of a case of AEW can get up to Raw's numbers. Because I feel like they could eventually get there. You know, because mm. they, I mean, last week they were hovering around that one. So, I mean, maybe <laughs> they'll meet in between. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, you know, SmackDown this week was a stronger show. It, it's been a lot better than it, ha- it has been um, over the last month. But Raw was just, I don't know, man. The booking's just killing me. You know, there, mm. there's good in-ring work happening, but they just destroy it with their storytelling and just the way their booking finishes. You know, the fact that, you know, Sasha won the title on a countout, it just, whatever. I know back in the day that would get your heel a lot of heat, you know, winning in that fashion. But nowadays, I feel like all that heat really just goes to, like, the company and the booking. You know, and it just bounces right off the heel. They know that it's not, you know, everyone understands <laughs> that this exactly. is a work. So it doesn't really get that heat or garner the heat that they, you know, are expecting. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I love the idea of Sasha and Bailey like parading around with both those belts. I also feel like it's kind of anticlimactic since, you know, Sasha had it for a week prior, um, you know, walking around with it and claiming she was the champion. So, I mean, there's that, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where they're going for SummerSlam. It, it's it's bizarre. I mean, the, the way that they booked Bailey, they had her lose against Kyrie Sane, um, and then with no rematch, which I was really expecting, <laughs> you know, since, like, this was her last, you know, night with the company. Yeah, you, would, you would have thought that would have been her last match, you know, going out against uh, Bailey. Bailey, right? Like, why would you have your champion get beat? To a wrestler who's leaving the company and then like don't let that I don't know, it's such weird backwards booking. Um I don't I don't get it. So I mean they were just like writing love letters to Kyrie, you know, this week. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre. Like I've never seen like I mean Moxley, I guess, when Moxley left, like that's the last time I can remember like a wrestler going out on like this good of terms. You know, so maybe they're scared. Do you think they're scared that she's going to go to AEW or something? Uh, I doubt. I doubt it. I think she made it pretty clear what her plans were and stuff ahead of time. Yeah, but fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) True. They felt. I mean, remember what they did with Moxley? They gave him like multiple, like, you know, goodbye shows and shit. Uh huh. (laughs) And they never really asked him, so it's kind of on them, but. I mean, that would be fun. It'd be funny to see like fucking Kyrie Sane on some shoot show, like <laughs> going off about the company. That would be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> I can't imagine that at all. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it'd be it'd be fun if she just showed up for like a one off or something like that. Like uh-huh. AEW is like very welcoming to like you know those like one shots. So, um, 
Dude, Sheeta versus Sane? That's a good match. Yes. <laughs> if I was Tony Khan, I would be throwing her all of the money right now. Uh-huh. You know, and I just I just came off saying I don't want any more former WWE talent. But Kyrie <laughs> Sane is one of those exceptions to the rule. Like she's an FTR where like, you know, like she's super talented where she just makes your product that much better having her there. Mm. So, you know, you can't like you know, offer a job to everyone who's ever passed through the doors of WWE, but a mega talent like Kyrie saying, you make the exception. And, you know, a mega talent like Hammond. <laughs> what the fuck? What is going I don't on? Know. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Ross sucked, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Orton versus Drew. At SummerSlam, that was confirmed. But they, Shocking. They had Orton come out and, like, challenge Drew before, or, like, as Ross started, even though mm. Drew had a match in the main event. So that made it feel anticlimactic, because you knew where that booking was headed. I mean, it was against Ziggler, so you knew what was happening anyway, but uh, the third hour was the lowest third hour of all time. Because you had the Drew match and the Sasha and Asuka match. Mm-hmm. But no one stuck around. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they need a big change. And I feel like there's one coming and I don't know what it's going to be. <coughs> I don't know if it's like Pritchard's head on a platter <laughs> or if it's going to be, you know, them shaking things up and getting rid of, you know, the, the bland, brand split. You know, maybe that happens. I still can't believe that it's in effect. You know, right now, because, I mean, I feels like a pandemic would be a good enough reason for Vince to, you know, to cancel it since he's done it for less mm-hmm. um, in the past. But I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some kind of major shakeup happening sooner than later. I mean, what? It's been six months since the last time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're on that cycle. Mm-hmm. They just don't have enough talent, though, right now to do another, mm-hmm. like, even like reshuffling. So I feel like. The natural like step would be just to say, hey, you know what? Fuck it. You know, you can show up at whatever. We're going to, you know, consolidate these titles. Let's just go. You know, and hey, I think the brand would be, you know, the product would be better for it. All right. Well, I think that does it for this week. Hell yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) It is three o'clock in the morning and I need to get some sleep. So let's wrap things up. All right, but before we head out, make sure to head over to DramaCityProductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts. That's right, and if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. And if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Tee Public. They have shirts, they have sweatshirts, I think they have mugs, bumper stickers, the works, man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right, Damon, what are we talking about next week? Uh, we will be reviewing the second season of The Umbrella Academy. All righty. Well, that does it for this week. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. All those moments will be lost in time. Like T.
tears.